We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. Welcome back to the, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Sislowski here with Adam Schefter. That's right. That Adam Schefter from ESPN. What's up, Adam? Hello there, Alan. How you doing? Good, good, good. So we'll just get right into it. Now, everybody at this time of year especially depends, fantasy football players depend on your intel to move markets, sports betting markets, and fantasy football markets. But before you were in this spot, I just want you to bring everybody through briefly. Go back to the days uh, in Belmore, growing up in high school. Just bring us on that career path to where you got to today. Well, that's a long story, Alan. I, I could fill up your podcast with just that story because it's been a long journey to get to where I am today. And I don't want to bore people that much, but basically I grew up like a lot of uh, kids who are too short and too unathletic to play organized sports, whose moms wouldn't let them play football and really never had any visions of being involved in sports. I always thought it would be the coolest job ever to be a general manager in pro sports. But honestly, it seemed like a job that somebody else would do. And then when I went to Michigan, the university of Michigan in 1985, um, I didn't get into a fraternity I wanted to get into. And I went down to the football office to see if they needed somebody to pick up jock straps and hand out water bottles. And they didn't, I needed, went to the basketball office to see if they needed somebody. They didn't. I'm like, well, I got to do something. What am I going to do? And literally because nobody else would have me at Michigan, I went down to the student newspaper and it just, just goes to show you the sliding doors of life. Because if the fraternity had let me in. If the football office had taken me on as an intern, basketball team as an intern, there's no way I would have gone to the student newspaper and there's no way that I would be doing what I am today. So I, I feel very fortunate and these things sometimes work out how they should. And again, I, I feel very blessed and honored to get to cover uh, a sport that I and so many other people love um, for a great company like ESPN, Walt Disney, ground great people and so again i've been doing this now for 31 years and uh who was it that who was it that told you you had the goods how did you know what point like who said you got it keep going with this nobody nobody told me that um but there were little hints of encouragement along the way right when i was in college um, there was a gentleman who used to work for the Detroit Free Press, went to the New York Times, went to NFL Network, Thomas George. And he he helped convince me that you could do this for a living. And I was always uh, eternally grateful for that because without his encouragement, I don't think that I would have 
pursued this profession because I thought it was a profession uh, that other people did, broadly enough. And and then, you know, in Denver, when I went there as a newspaper writer, and I didn't really know anybody in the city when I first got there, you know, on the weekends, I would volunteer to just do work at the local TV station. And I'd be on for one hit a weekend. And we talk about the upcoming Broncos game. And I was covering the Broncos for the Rocky Mountain News at the time. And, you know, what it is, is the local TV station, they, they, they don't have anybody that really uh, wants to talk about it at length or in depth like that. And so they bring on the local newspaper writer at that time. I'm a 20 something year old kid. I don't really know anybody in Denver. I have anything better to do on the weekends. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. They're giving me a hundred dollar gift certificate to the local clothes store. And I could go in, talk about Broncos, get on TV, you know, which I thought was a great little tactic to float out to girls I wanted to date and, um, you know, get a gift certificate to boot. So again, I was gaining experience without even realizing what I was doing, which really is, I think the story of this all along is that none of this was planned. Um, it, it, it too inconceivable for me to even concoct it in my own mind. And it just sort of happened. It just sort of kept going. And yeah. like I said, it, it is what it is today. And I feel very fortunate to be around uh, great people, the great company. When you construct your tweets, I just want to go back into like the process of doing it. Do you uh, just start with the process? Like, do you go out and seek these bits that you tweet out or do people call you proactively a mix of the two? How does that all work? Because as I'm sure you know, that when you send out information, fantasy football markets react. Well, how do you envision it works, Alan? I envision, envision if you were asking me that, yeah. these these a mix of agents and teams with agendas, but call you. Okay. Well, so you asked how, well, and then, yes, all right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you have to sort through that. But at this point, obviously, you know, who is, who is, you know, what people are up to or not. You're able to sift through the information. The other thing I think is that you are on the phone all hours of the night. That's what I'm saying. I, I just don't, I, I think it's a mix of the two. Like how does this, imp- how are you always the one to break this? break different uh, pieces of information? Well, again, uh, I thank you for your kind words. And what I would say to that would be that this, whatever I'm doing, whatever you perceive I'm doing, uh, I've been doing for 31 years. I I come back to that. I come back to doing a job a long time. And I come back to anybody who does any job for a long time would be able to build, hopefully build relationships um, in their respective profession that would help them. And so, um, you know, today, as an example, uh, particular team, particular situation, doesn't matter. Uh, but we were getting ready to get up and Dan Orlovsky, I got on the phone. He said, I want to let you know, I was talking to this, this person in this organization and the person uh, texted him. He said, uh, boy, uh, uh, the only person I deal with, uh, you have to ask Dan, but it, it, it basically it, it was, he said, uh, I don't know how to say this the right way, like, uh, but <laughs> basically he was, he, he was complimentary of my journalistic integrity. Mm, okay. And so I, I'd like to think that other people feel that way, um, that you honor your word, that you do the right thing, that you treat people fairly, that you don't jump the gun on stories. Uh, that you try to get it right. You try. Doesn't mean you always will, but you try. And so, so 
that that's what you try to do. Yeah, and that actually is a great lead-in. So one of the questions I've always wanted to ask you was, I mean, Twitter, there's no edit button, right? I mean, once it's out there, it's yeah. out there. You have to either delete I it. Hate but that. I hate that, by the way, because Instagram has edit and Facebook has edit. And, like, why can't you just adjust, like, <laughs> just a simple little thing? I mean, like, I always thought that the, correction. Yeah. And yeah, I always thought they should let you do it within 35 seconds or 60 seconds. There's an edit, and then the edit goes off at, at very minimum. Alan, why don't you petition Twitter to have that function introduced? I'm going to send them this video clip. So, yeah, I, maybe it's part of, you know, what makes them unique. I don't know, but th that was, it's you know. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you should be allowed to correct a spelling mistake because now I have a spelling mistake up. And anyone who's following along loves to, oh, we saw, we saw you delete that. Oh, yes, you did. Okay. Congratulations. Right. You know, sorry for wanting to get it right. And, and, uh, you know, rushing yeah. to get out or not proofreading or auto correct. Sometimes it just changes things you didn't realize. And it just changes a word to another word or a name to another name. And, uh, oh God. Do you have anyone actually physically helping you with tweet? I mean, do you have uh, some maniacal assistant next to you? Hey, okay, I see you shaking your head no for the people listening on the audio cast. Uh, tweet this. <laughs> All right, so you're doing everything yourself. You have calluses on your thumbs, the whole thing. Now, now ESPN is a social media team that if yeah. um, if I if you know something's coming, like if you've ever seen a graphic like breaking news, you know, something like that, um, th they'll format that and they'll send me a graphic, but that doesn't happen all that often. You could just scroll through my Instagram account at Adam Schefter and see, you know, how often that happens. It's not very often, but if there's anything creative that's done, that's the ESPN social media team. If it's just a basic picture, Alan, something that's simplistic that any moron could do, that's me. <laughs> what, how many hours a night do you sleep when it's in the peak football season? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a great sleeper. I sleep in spurts. Um, you know, two, three hour windows, intervals, and you know, you fall asleep at 1130, wake up at 130, you're up an hour, you go back to sleep for two hours. Like very rarely do I fall asleep at say 1130 midnight and just sleep straight through to 6am. It just six, like five, six hours uninterrupted, almost mm -hmm. never. Yeah. Another thing I've always wanted to ask you is in a lot of your tweets, you'll write per source. Those are the words you write per source. Yeah. Fantasy football players get frustrated. Not that that you write that, but what is the source? I know obviously you have to protect your sources, but we're always wondering, is it the equipment manager? Is it the GM? Why do you write per source if you're not going to actually name the person? I've always wondered that. Well, a lot of people don't want to be identified. They don't want people to know that they're talking to you. They, they want to rename. They want to retain their anonymity. Um, and, and in fact, you know, yesterday I was texting, uh, with Mike Mayock about him testing positive for COVID. And he's like, I, you know, I, I'm like, okay, you know, how do you want me to attribute? You want me to say you, he said, no, I want you to put my name on the, okay, great, Mike. You know, like I, I'd love that. But, um, and you know, sometimes there are people that want to promote themselves and they want their name out there. And I get no problem with that. Like if everybody wants to put their name out there for every, move that's made or any tweet that's put out there that's fine by me but a lot of times uh, people don't want to be up front they just want to be in the background and so it just depends on how the information comes down now it's just there's no rhyme or reason but okay uh, per sources is the name of my fancy football team <laughs> i figured as such i mean it must be the the thing that you have on auto text the the most how i have also wondered how do you watch football on sundays do you watch standalone games do you watch a, like a whip around show how do you consume football 
Well, are we talking pre-pandemic? Are we talking during the pandemic? Pre-pandemic and, uh, and you know both, but for the most part, like how do you plan to watch a pre-pandemic? I think that's a good place to to start. Well, it used to be that we would be in Bristol, Connecticut on Sunday, right. and then after the Sunday countdown show, everybody would go to what we call the war room, which is adjacent to the ESPN Cafe, a large room with about twelve TVs inside, and we'd all sit around and it'd be great. It's like sitting, you know, at a sports bar. Mm. all your friends and you're talking about all the games watching them together commenting um analyzing it it was really a lot of fun during the pandemic during the pregame show from my house show ends walk into the living room put on three tvs as opposed to 10 have the center one on say andrew siciliano uh watch andrew on on red zone he does a great job i put the two local, the two other TVs on the local feeds in New York, whatever game is on, so it's CBS or Fox, and so I've got one or two live games depending mm-hmm. on how many are airing, and 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 then the red zone in the middle. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I don't know if you think those questions are silly, but these are these are things that people these were questions that people ask me that I've always wondered myself too. So, uh, what's a rule do you yeah. think that the NFL should change that would make the game better? Well, there's no silly questions, Alan. Um, okay, fair enough. You let me off the hook there. Yeah, uh, a rule that the NFL should have to make well, if you have if yeah, you could I, just I, wave I, your hand, then a rule would change. Yeah. Well, one thing that's always uh, I, I've never liked. I understand it to a certain extent, but why have players on your roster on Sunday that are inactive? Like, mm. let's, you're on the roster, you're on the fifth, you play, you dress up. And they do it for a competitive reason so that um, if one team has a slew of injuries, one team's not dressing 55 players while another team is dressing 45 players. But I always feel like the owners are paying the players. Player team has injuries, it's going to even out over time. Some weeks you'll have. A full roster, some weeks a little less than a full roster. But if you make the team and you're on the roster, to me, you should get to play. Okay. Who do you admire 
as a broadcaster? I mean, coming up, I mean, you know, it, who are the guys that you looked up to or still look up to? Well, again, it, it depends on what we're talking about, right? Are we talking about people that do play-by-play? Are we talking about people that do on-air, on-air like reporting? Are we talking about feet? Like there are so many good people mm-hmm. who do so many good things, right? Like, I mean, I grew up, I used to watch Will McDonough and Chris Mortensen. And Will McDonough was, in my mind, the original pioneer of information on television. Um, Peter Vesey used to do it with basketball and you, you pay attention to him. Chris Mortensen was one of the pioneers as well. Um, coming shortly after Will McDonough loved all them. I loved anybody who was great at their job. Like, um, back in the day, we used to watch Jack Whitaker. Mm-hmm. You know, he was outstanding. And then there have been so many good storytellers on TV and play by like, Al Michaels and Jim Nance and um, uh, Iron Eagle is fantastic. And I mean, we go on and on, right? Like Joe yeah. Buck. No, I was just I, curious. I was I, just curious about I, it. I think Joe Buck does a great job. I know people like to, you know, get worked up and run. What, yeah, what people get about? worked up over Joe Buck. That is true. Yeah, yeah like I, for what? You know, he's, he's outstanding. Like, I, I'm not one to tear down people. I, I like to point out the great job that so many people do. And they it's do. Hard. It's hard. It's a hard yeah. gig too. Adam I mean, Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night, the Monday night crew, mm-hmm. Steve Lee and Lewis. I, I, they're colleagues of mine. And I, I'm, I'm, I have much respect for the job. They, so there aren't many people that I don't admire and appreciate mm-hmm. and respect, but like Bob Costas on TV. Oh my God. Was he smooth? Wow. And when I work with Bob Lee, I remember being in studio with him at times and I'm thinking to myself, he is so good and so informed and so knowledgeable and so smooth. Like he could host any evening newscast and they would not skip a beat. Like he could be Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and Brian Willie. Like Bob Lee could do that. See, I like I like listening to you talk about broadcast because you talk about broadcasters and sports the same way you talk about football. So that's, you know, I could see you lighting up when you talk about it and that's how I feel about it. So that's, that's why uh, I enjoy the, uh, talking to you about that or asking you those questions. And, um, I, and, and I love listening to Marv Albert on the radio growing up. And I, oh, tried, yeah. to Marv on my po- I tried to get him on my podcast recently. Couldn't get it. So if anybody wants to uh, steer Marv Albert on my podcast someday, somehow, some way, that'd be great. I'm crossing that question off. Cause it was, if you could have anybody on your podcast that you haven't had yet, you've well, already you, answered you know, that you know, question. You know, you, funny you ask that. Because there's one guy I ask every single year, and every single year I get rejected. Okay, there there are two guys I really want. One guy I get rejected every single year. It comes up at this time, and in fact, the rejection came in today, and I was very disappointed. And to me, it would be a very simple conversation. But I've been trying for years, Alan. To Can get I guess? It. Can I guess? Go ahead. You won't guess. It, but go ahead. Is it non-sports related? Go ahead. Get, take a guess. Howard Stern. Well, I'd love to get him. You know, it's funny you say that. I've been listening to a ton of his interviews. Like, like that's what I listen to in the car now every day, just listening to how he interviews people. It's a work of art. I heard you talk about it on with Alex Guerrero on your podcast. I yeah. heard you talk about Yeah, so yeah, I heard you mention Howard. Time. But the guy that I've been trying to get on, so if anybody wants to make this happen, and I reached out to his publicist, his agent, uh, the network, like everybody, and nobody can make it happen. It's like, and it would be a simple fun, informative, mindless conversation. I just want to hear the guy's voice 
on my podcast, Liev Schreiber, mm, the, the that's voice a of Hard Knocks. Yeah. Right? Ray Donovan. Like, he is an amazing actor. He's got a great voice. Come on and tell me how you got that voice, how much you enjoy tracking the tracks for Hard Like, had this happen? Do you like it? Do you not? Well, I, I, I you, want to know about this, and I can't get the guy. You gotta, ha- you gotta try to find somebody at ESPN or Disney that that knows him. That's the key, I think. I mean, it doesn't sound like you haven't tried. So uh, the, the, the uh, other guy, the other guy, I want to get. Um, I got turned down once, and 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 hopefully one day. I think I'd like to get Paul Rudd because mm, uh, I have great respect for the work he does. I know he's a huge Chiefs fan, and I've also uh, had people stop me. And say, Did anybody ever tell you you look like Paul Rudd? <laughs> And, that, and, that's and your fact, doppelganger. That's who the people. It's funny because there was at the Super Bowl, the Chiefs Niners. I heard somebody, "Hey, there's my doppelganger." And it was Paul Rudd actually at the game, and we took a picture together. And I should have mentioned that to him. Hey, give me your number so I get you on my pod. And, and I didn't do it, so I regret. That. You got to take advantage of those opportunities, just like how I how I pestered you to come on our podcast. Yeah, see, but I was easy to get right. You, like, you, oh, you, you were a, you're a job. You're generous. You're very generous. I want you know that's unusual with somebody that is you know in in that has dominated their field and has done very well. But thank you. So yeah, I don't want you to start now getting flooded with podcast requests. So I'll make it sound like it was a little bit harder than it was. Well, in all honesty, like it, it's pretty simple. I, 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 there are a ton of requests. I, yours seem very sincere and genuine. Uh, first and foremost. And then the other thing is, I don't know, it just kind of struck me. And I'm a big Roto World fan, big Roto Wire fan, read all the golf stuff. Um, I, I spent five hours constructing that five minute, that five line email because I wanted it to hit exactly. So maybe that t- was time well invested. Well, well, it, it, again, it's sure. And, and, and for, there are a lot of requests that come in, but you know what? I, I, I put it on top of my Instagram page for podcast requests. Just go through ESPN because it becomes unruly for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, I, I don't enjoy it. It's, it's, it's just a lot. So let the people whose job it is handle that. To vet it. You got and people. Then, yeah, you got and, people. And, and like, like they have Shriver's people. And then they could tell no to whoever's, uh, you know, whatever. You got, I have. I have you for I have you for a handful more minutes. I want to be respectful of your time. Let's rip through some fantasy football uh, takes real quick. Yeah. All right. We'll do lightning round right here, and then I'll and so, I'll let so, you. So in other words, so we can make headlines, right? So as soon as I say I love this guy, right, the, the, the stock shoots up a little well, bit. Right. I don't want to uh, was I'll remember. And I told you in the email that when no uh, none of the top fantasy analysts were on John Brown in 2014, you talked about him on a and, and he wasn't even going in the first three rounds of rookie drafts in fantasy. You talked about him. He ended up being one of the better fourth round rookie picks ever in the history of fantasy football. So, Alan, before I started playing fantasy football and nobody enjoys playing fantasy sports more than me. OK, I'm just telling you that right now. Nobody. <laughs> I love fantasy sports. Uh, I love fancy football. I love fancy basketball. I love fancy golf. But I remember when I covered the Broncos, and I remember being out of camp the first day, and first few days, and I'm watching Clinton Portis, this young running back who looked like mm. uh, the Frogger, you know, the video game. Track yeah, course. Nobody can catch the guy. You can get squashed and, if you're not careful. And I still remember to this day, I went to each of the defensive starters, and I said, just tell me what it's like to try to tackle Clinton Portis. And I just strung together everything they said in one story. and. If I'm a fantasy football player, that's exactly the kind of thing today that I would want to read from a beat writer because it told me that this guy's going to be a star. And lo and behold, that guy, his freshman or his rookie year, lit it up, had yeah. that one game against the Chiefs for 217 yards and five. Mm. I could see it coming on Trent. I saw that, okay, there, right away. 
there's nothing more, there's nothing better in fantasy football than uh, than grabbing a sleeper, a value pick, and then it turning into to you know a big score for you. And who's a rookie or a second year player that would surprise everybody to produce, but not you? Who's somebody that you're looking at in the later rounds that you're gonna gonna draft in all your meaningful drafts this year? Um, well, I've done a couple of best ball drafts right already. Mm-hmm. Um. And You're a best ball addict too, like the rest of us. You're addicted to the to drafting, like the rest of us. Well, it, it's fun. Like I, again, I just love this stuff. You know what? First of all, it, aside from being great, it keeps you even more focused on the game than you ordinarily would. It's my job; yes. I live it. But it just it dials it up an extra level by being involved in it. Right? There's so, no better way to get uh, prepared for your regular draft than to do best ball drafts because you have a little stake in the game versus the old school mock drafts where you know somebody would take a ridiculous player one overall, ruin the draft, and leave the draft room. Well, I'll give you a guy right now that I okay. that I have taken a couple of times already that I will take more of, um, and I got a lot of guys I like. Yeah, but there's another guy I like. Uh, Everybody, everybody is rushing to draft DeAndre Swift. And I would just say that for your value, Mm. Jamal Williams, I think, I think will be as productive as DeAndre Swift. Seven rounds later, too. That's the whole point, right? That's how you have to think from a fancy standpoint. So Swift will be, what, a third round pick, probably? Two, three turn in sharp leagues, maybe third round in home leagues, right? Right. And Williams will be what round? Seven, ten. uh, probably later than that, Adam, probably in, you know, nine, the earliest, probably 10 or 11 for the value. I will take Jamal Williams over Deandre Swift. Not, I don't mean like when we look back into the year, I don't know that Williams numbers will be better than Swift's, but I'll bet you that they're comparable and maybe even better. Who knows? Depending on how the year goes. How is, and the last question I'll get you on here is a, is a tough one. Cause you don't know the answer. No, well, maybe you do, but Fantasy drafters are still taking Deshaun Watson, unsure of how it will turn out. Do you, have, based on what you know, and again, I know you don't have the uh, crystal ball how this turned out. What do you think is uh, a likely case? Where do you think a uh, handicap the situation for Deshaun Watson playing any snaps of football in 2021? I taped my podcast today, Alan, the Adam okay. Schefter podcast, and I and I referred to Deshaun Watson on there as the highest paid scout team safety in the NFL. <laughs> right. And that is what he now is. He is the highest paid scout team safety in the NFL. Now I will say I've done, I think three best ball drafts. I took Deshaun Watson on one draft late, 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 like a flyer. I, I, I don't have any confidence. No. Well, where you get him? Yeah. Anytime. And, and to me, that's all. It's a late round flyer, but I will also say I've seen this happen before. These things change like that. All of a sudden, like the next day, boom, there could be a ruling or something that makes you see the situation in an entirely different light. I don't know if and when that's coming. Nobody does because that is such a murky situation right now. Right. And there's so much that's unresolved and unsettled. And you've got 22 civil lawsuits outstanding. You've got NFL and police investigations. You've got a player who is adamant that he's never done anything wrong here. How that's going to work out and when that's going to work out, I would love to tell you I had the answers. If I did, I would be all over that fancy football from a fancy standpoint. But none of us know how it's going to work out. None of us. Will Kyle Pitts be a top five tight end for fantasy football this season? Yes or no? 
because he's being uh, drafted as as he's Travis Kelsey already. I I I know, and and that worries me. You know, I'll say this: I've done a few best balls, and I could be missing the boat. I I've not seen Kyle Pitts play much. I mm-hmm. know what everybody said, and I know the facts. The facts are that he's the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. But what I would say to that would be this: How many rookie tight ends have we seen come along and make a huge impact? Jeremy Shockey in two thousand two was the last one, which makes your point. Maybe Gronk. Gronk, Gronk was pretty good his first. He had double digit touchdowns, right? Shockey yeah. for a yardage and receptions percent. Per, uh, and, you know, Aaron, and Aaron Hernandez was pretty good his rookie year. Yes, but, but I don't remember like guys tight ends that have been drafted really high. Kellen Winslow. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, you talking about the real NFL draft? Yeah, yeah. Even uh, Hawkinson, Ebron. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle it, Brady. Like everybody was supposed to be great, and so from that standpoint, I'm a little skeptical. Of right. How, I, I won't be taking him, and that may blow up on me. Okay. I may watch the guy the first week and go, "Oh my God, I totally whiffed." Okay? Right. But because but it costs you, thir- right? It costs you a third or fourth round great. pick. I know he's going to be great. I'm not worried about that. For where he's going, fantasy wise, am I mm-hmm. how, we're fourth round? Th- third, third or fourth, and the the you know the latest now. It's yep. All right, Adam. Uh, thank you for joining us here. I just want to tell you uh, promote everything that you're doing right now. The Adam Schefter podcast, which I highly recommend. I'm going to do it for you. You have on the great. I love the episode uh, with uh, Quincy Avery, the quarterback whisperer, as I call him. Or I think you may even give him that. That was an amazing episode. You had um, TB12, uh, Alex Guerrero on there recently. That was really cool. I'm about, uh, to, I'm about to post my podcast now with John Lynch talking about the 49ers quarterback situation with an interesting comment that he made. That, yeah, uh, it's funny you say that because the, the one of the questions, I guess I'll say it for next time, is how did the Jets pass on Trey Lance seeing all this is unfolding now? As a Jets fan, this is going to be tough to swallow. I won't. I won't. Uh, well, you don't like to pick. Huh? You're already worried about Zach Wilson over Trey I Lance. Think he, I think he's going to be fine, but Trey Lance seems like the ne- a, a, a chance of being a, uh, a transcendent, a Patrick Mahomes, an RG3 rookie year type of impact on the league. I mean, that's what it looks like to fantasy gamers. And it's not that Zach Wilson will be bad. I just, how do you pass on that level of quarterback or that much upside is, is puzzling. So do you have any thoughts on that before I let you go? Well, a lot of it's a system you go to. And I just think that Kyle Shanahan is so advanced in what he does that I think any quarterback who goes there has a better chance to shine than Mm. the next guy. And so often it's not who you are, but where you go and who you're paired with. And I think that that's not taken into consideration enough And because of where Trey Lance went, his chances of succeeding rise. They just do. doesn't mean he will be a huge hit, but the early returns on him in 49ers camp seem encouraging so far, and we'll continue to track that and see how that goes. Yeah, it smells a lot like the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes deal from a couple years ago when the uh, veteran Jimmy G in this place was kind of just keeping the seat warm. So that's that's an interesting take. And also, uh, please, please promote your book from 2018, uh, the, the, the Man I Never Met. I started paging through it. I started the audio version. It's phenomenal. If you don't mind just telling people, I don't think enough people, fantasy gamers, know about it. It's pinned at the top of your Twitter. They can just go get it. But if you don't mind just saying a quick word about that before we go. Yeah, it's the uh, it's a book called The Man I Never Met. I guess it's timely with the 20 year anniversary of 9/11 coming up here uh, this September. My wife lost her first husband on 9/11. Wrote a book about his life, her life, and then how my life tied into their lives. And 
basically that was a piece that we did that aired on ESPN. You could just Google it, Adam Schefter 9-11, it comes up. And the book was an outgrowth of that piece. And when you're talking about the audio book, I did, I read the entire book. So I did the audio yes. for the book, reading it at a sound studio, um, not far from my house, spending about three full days in the studio. I was actually called back to that studio two weeks ago to read lines for an upcoming Simpsons episode yes. on January 2nd. Can't so I've been in the that. studio twice, once to read the audio book and another time to read Simpson lines for weeks. One's very serious. The other one is the opposite of very serious. Exactly. So, exactly. Cool. But, uh, yeah. Look for me on an upcoming Simpsons episode near you. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Uh, Adam Schefter, we're, we're going to hit you up again next year, just as you get the reject letter. We're hoping to get at least an annual. How about, this? How about this? If I can get Liev Schreiber on my podcast within the next month, somehow, okay, You'll I'll, come back on, I'll come back on the end of the next month to give you my sleepers and everything like that. You, oh, you, love you it. Make that happen. <laughs> Anybody at Rotowire, Rotoworld makes that happen. Yeah. All right. We're on it. We got our march, you guys. All right, Adam. Thanks for everything. And everyone else, uh, tune in next time. We're having five daily podcasts now uh, to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye.